What can we learn from a child, let alone a child that is so small it only weighs one pound? A lot. Uh, greetings and welcome to another Tomorrow's World webcast. My name is Wallace Smith. And this article from the Washington Post, November 17th, just grabbed me by my heart. An amazingly beautiful article uh, with a lot of fascinating uh, facts and details. It's by Kelly Benham French, and the title is, Things I Wish I'd Known About Having a One-Pound Baby. Uh, these are babies that are not just preemies. They often call them micro because they are so small. Uh, let me just jump right into the article to get a sense of what it's about. Uh, Ms. French writes, My daughter was born as twiggy and translucent as a baby bird. Her eyes fused shut, mouth agape. Through her chest we could see her flickering heart. This is a tiny, tiny child. Juniper, that's the baby's name, arrived at 23 weeks and six days gestation, the threshold between viability and futility, between what is possible and what is right. For me, after five years of infertility, she came at the trembling membrane between motherhood and despair. She weighed one pound four ounces. That's the size of a six-week-old kitten or an eastern gray squirrel. It's the amount of breast milk an eight-pound newborn drinks in a day, and it's $1.26 in pennies. Incredibly, incredibly small. Uh, she goes on to talk about how the child spent six and a half months in this neonatal uh, intensive care unit, but now she is, as the time of this writing, she's a five-year-old girl, uh, says that she's ferocious, joyful, uh, she's a kindergartner, master tree climber, and mommy to her pet chicken, Sesame. Uh, so Juniper's story turns out uh, rather wonderfully. But you've got to read the details in terms of the trials and tribulations and how much effort they had to go through to nourish this one-pound child. Uh, through its difficult six and a half months with translucent skin uh, when they had to, uh, to see if they had to actually operate on the child and what it took just to move the child from place to place. Uh, the heartbreaking description she has of, of seeing the father asleep on top of the incubator. Uh, just, it, it does. It's an amazing story. But there's so many things in here that are just thrown out there sort of subtly but they're important. Just the part that I read, listen closely, it says 23 weeks and six days, the threshold between viability and futility, between what is possible and what is right. What is that an allusion to? I can't speak directly, maybe it's just a coincidence, but 24 weeks, which this is one day shy of 24 weeks, is considered the limit for abortion often. That after 24 weeks, a child shouldn't be aborted, quote-unquote shouldn't, since they don't really have a moral system that determines that very well. And then before 24 weeks, under a lot of conditions, that yes, a child can be aborted. I see that reflected, whether it's purposefully intended or not, in the words viability and futility. Why? Because 24 weeks is somehow the definition of viability. Uh, but is it really? Think about it. Yes, every day matters in the life of a developing child, every single day. And yet as technology improves, here you have a child that's just short of 24 weeks and it does live. What about when it comes earlier than 24? What if it comes to be 23, 22, 21? Uh, it's a fuzzy scale. It's not rock solid. 
Uh, and then actually what is possible and what is right. Is somehow 24 weeks the deadline between when it's possible this might be a person and then all of a sudden it definitely is? It's tales like this when you read all of it that just, for me, expose the hypocrisy of the abortion industry in our society and really the medical industry in general that is tied into that, that somehow this child should be considered a person for whom we need to devote vast resources to see her grow and to see her live, and yet, really, only a handful of days before, it wasn't a person. It was an it that we could decide whether to kill or not. Somehow, instead of a baby, just a few days before, it was just somehow organic tissue that we could decide to, to deal with however we want. But just a few days, and all of a sudden, it's a person. Uh, defining personhood is something that people without God's laws and teachings in the Bible struggle with. You have ethicists like Peter Singer that say you ought to be able to kill a child uh, up to two years old after birth, or in some arguments up to one year old because they recognize a truth. As abhorrent as that picture is, they recognize that the marker of being born doesn't suddenly magically make someone a person. If they're a person outside the womb, they're a person inside. And if they were not a person inside the womb, they're not immediately a person on the outside. Uh, putting all the legalese aside, in practicality, what made this a person? What made this a child they saved? The fact that the child was loved, that they loved this child. What about all the children that aren't loved? Just the mere fact of lacking a parent's love, does that make it not a child? No, it is still a child. Because whether the parents love that child in the womb or not, there is a God in heaven who loves that child, whether it's before 24 weeks or afterwards. If you'd like more information about this, we actually have a really good video by a colleague, uh, Mr. Gerald Weston, called Tiny Fingers and Toes. I highly recommend you watch it. It's, it's really one of the best things I've seen on this particular topic, and I, I encourage you to watch it unabashedly. Uh, but that's all I have for now. Uh, please check out everything, frankly, that we have available at tomorrowsworld.org.